Would you like to work closer to home, save money on gas, and be rewarded for your hard work and attendance? Then Belicio Foods is looking for you. That's right, Belicio Foods is now hiring for multiple positions and shifts with great employee benefits, an on-site health clinic, competitive wages, and advancement opportunities. Belicio Foods is a company that truly values their employees. Apply online at BelicioFoods.com slash careers. This just in. The Telegram News has a new website. TheTelegramNews.com Same dedicated coverage. Same trustworthy news with a brand new look. Covering Jackson and Benton County and surrounding areas. Locally owned and operated, TheTelegramNews.com has its finger on the pulse of the community. Stay up to date on local events, high school sports, and breaking news. TheTelegramNews.com Subscribe today at TheTelegramNews.com Check it out. Well, happy morning to everyone out there, and welcome to the morning show, the day after Halloween. It's the first of November, Pete. Does that mean it's going to start getting cold again? It probably is, right? Well, not this week it's not. It's going to be absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Another beautiful fall week, so that's good. So I get in my car this morning, and... I either go back and forth between like the Sirius XM. I have this one station I was telling James about. I'm like totally obsessed with this station that they just put on there. It's called Red, White, and Booze. And I know that sounds really weird, but it's classic country, um, like on up to like through 90s country. And then they throw classic rock in there too. Okay. So it's just this really cool uh, conglomeration of like music that I really enjoy. So I get in my car this morning and I flip back and forth between that and, of course, like our local radio stations. And it was on that. And I hear Garth Brooks singing White Christmas. And I look down and they have taken off my Red, White and Booze channel and they put on Country Christmas. It is the first of November. Uh, I I am really really mad <laughs> I, think, I think it's serious if you go up and down the dial you'll hit some christmas stuff about november the first is certainly that certainly, crazy certainly before the thanksgiving weekend which is kind of the traditional that i get november first i don't get and i am maybe going to write a strongly worded letter about that okay. walmart started celebrating christmas about four weeks ago <sighs> Yeah, it's out I there. Just, uh, it's out there. I just they, everybody, I don't get it. Everybody wants to get ahead of it. I guess so. On the commercial side. But that's neither here nor there. That's just my story. But we had a lot of fun yesterday here on Halloween. Um, played Family Feud. You you came in. We did some uh, fun stuff. So we appreciate that. Lots of fun costumes running around the, uh, running around the, I guess, building, office, building. In general, right. yeah, yeah. it was a, definitely a happy Halloween here. So it was. Thank yes. everybody for participating in that and getting in the spirit and the hierarchy for setting the table. That's exactly right. So anyway, so we're back here. It is November 1st. So we've gotten Halloween out of the way. And now we can focus on one of most people's favorite traditions as well. And that's the Thanksgiving holiday where there's no pressure other than cooking. And eating. And eating. And how much you eat. Yes, all of that. They are saying there's a turkey shortage this year, just to let you all know. 
Okay. So get your turkeys early. Okay. All right. Well, That's like, my tip of the day. Like everything uh, else, it, uh, it'll be up 8% or more. Exactly. Right. Yes. Okay. Yep. So, but you didn't come in here to talk about any of that. You came in to talk about the news, which is wild right. to begin the first of the month. Well, it really is. You know, uh, we try to keep up on uh, law, the law enforcement and criminal justice front because, uh, you know, those stories are, are interesting and it's happening in our own backyard. You don't have to flip onto one of the national channels uh, to uh, see the crazy things that are happening and the bad things. Mm -hmm. Some of them are bad too, but uh, we've had a few of those and we've collected information on mo most of them. That's going to lead our little news review here to, to start out. And uh, we're going to start uh, out with a story out of Vinton County that happened this weekend. And it really is a, a, a sad story all the way around. Uh, and it happened in the Moonville area, you know, that we okay. know so well. Sure. But there is a um, there is a rail trail there that yeah. uh, that has become very popular for hikers, bikers, et cetera, you know, out there in nature, uh, in the Moonville area, in the Zaleski uh, State Forest. And they keep adding and improving that rail trail. And obviously, um, you know, as uh, the tourism increases and more people become aware of the great outdoors, uh, very close to home here in Vinton County. It and, is. You know, they take they take advantage of it. And, you know, what better time than a sunny, warm October where you have Abs all that fall color out there. Absolutely. But it, it turned in, a, a, an event like that turned into a nightmare for uh, a, a local woman. Uh, this occurred once again on Saturday, reported by the Vinton County Sheriff's Office. We have the story online already. Of course, it will be uh, featured prominently in our print edition out tomorrow. Okay. Uh, but... Uh, it was a uh, attack by three pit bull uh, dogs that occurred on the rail trail. Woman, um, her name was Eva Simons. It was not released by the sheriff's office as a victim, but it was uh, out there on social media from reliable sources, mm -hmm. the Moonville Rail Trail Association. They were very concerned, obviously, about the uh, incident as well. But uh, she was 64, is 64 years old and uh, was biking on the trail she was staying in a cabin there so it was a uh, you know it was a recreational trip for her okay. is she from, recreational from or from the local area we or? don't have a home okay. address for her but we know that she was staying at a cabin or renting a cabin there in that area and she was biking on the trail when this happened uh on on saturday um she went through a ride on a mountain bike along shea road which is part of the rail trail while riding past a residence on that road, three dogs described as pit bull mixed canines attacked her. And the attack went on for approximately 20 minutes before uh, the attack went on for about 20 minutes before another vehicle came on the scene. And the person or persons in that vehicle were able to get between her and the dogs. They were able to kind of chase the dogs away and help her. Uh, it was obvious that she. Uh, suffered potentially serious injuries that were visible. They took her to the Hawking Valley Community Hospital, which is in Logan. And from there, they flew her to Columbus to a larger hospital for further treatment. Oh, my God. And according to social media posts from those close to the victim, her injuries re have resulted in the amputation of her left leg. Uh, so very serious at the knee and below. Oh, my god. The gosh. reconstruction of her right leg. She's taken four rabies shots as a precaution. Um, the update also states, you know, the attack went on for uh, 20 minutes. 
Uh, they expect her to be hospitalized for at least a week, followed by two weeks of rehabilitation, and then she'll get a oh prosthetic limb to goodness. replace the part of the leg that she lost. Uh, the sheriff's office is investigating it. The Moonville Rail Trail Association, which kind of oversees, uh, you know, the development and management of the of the trail up there, uh, are working with the sheriff's office on this. They report um, that uh, that uh, they expect the three dogs to be destroyed, which they think should happen. The dogs should have been on a leash. They were not. Uh, I've heard unofficially that the dogs were actually contained in but nobody was home and they had gotten out of their enclosure somehow and they were not on a leash. Mm. Uh, and so uh, we'll see what happens as far as the investigation is concerned there. Mm-hmm. But uh, once again, a dog attack, uh, you know, you, how many of us have been out on a rural road or whatever? Uh, Never bi- would think that on, in a hundred million on, on, years. On a bike or hiking or whatever. And, yeah. and you know, you hear a dog come out of a yard. It's not on a leash. It comes up to you. Um, I've never, ever been bitten. Uh, but there's been times where I think I was about ready to be. And, you know, you, you back up and you, you try to get in a defensive posture or whatever. But uh, this was a case where this lady was by herself. It was three dogs, not just one. And she truly was mauled by those three dogs. That is horrific. So um, that was uh, one of the stories, you know, that we're working on uh, that we'll have a story on. We do have a story already. A second story, uh, we got, we just uh, finished getting all the information on this yesterday. It actually occurred a, exactly a week ago, a week ago on Monday, on the 24th, almost right outside this office, uh, out on East Main Street in front of O'Reilly's Auto Parts. Yeah, there was a big old hubbub, but I never did hear it, what it, it was. It, it was, and uh, at the time, uh, we didn't know exactly what had occurred there. Uh, there was a thought that there was a medical situation, not any kind of uh, criminal thing or a wreck or anything, because yeah. a woman uh, suffered serious injuries there. But what happened was, uh, and this also, this story is also online and will be in our Wednesday print edition. Um, it occurred at 10.33 a.m., as we said, right out in front of O'Reilly's Auto Parts, 680 East Main Street. A 1998 Jeep Grand Cherokee was heading westbound on Main Street. That's towards town, mm-hmm. when it lost control, drove onto the sidewalk, ran over a no parking sign, and then uh, struck uh, a pedestrian, 29-year-old Katrina Lawhead of MacArthur. After the vehicle struck oh Katrina, it left the scene. They took off? They took off, according to the report we have from the Jackson uh, Police Department. Uh, the Jeep regained control, went back on the road, and fled the scene. Uh, the vehicle, the Jeep, struck the pedestrian hard enough, according to police, that it ripped off the front bumper cover. And on the front bumper cover was the front license plate. <laughs> so uh, it was an easy trace for, for, the, for the police department. <laughs> and uh, the... the <laughs> Not, it's not funny, but good grief. Right. But that was a, you know, you know, a lot of times, you know, law enforcement, you know, they, they look at a part of mirror or whatever, and, you know, they get in the vehicle <laughs> registration, how many vehicles, you know, it, it's, it's a very hard, but at least you have a clue. In this case, the front license plate was left at the okay. scene. Okay. Uh, and you know, now think of the uh, impact there for the front bumper for, to come for the off. Front. Well, no, yes. So anyway, uh, once again, the victim, Katrina M. Lawhead, she uh, lives on MacArthur, 
Park Drive in MacArthur. She was seriously injured. I'd she say was, so. She was airlifted from the scene to St. Mary's Regional Medical Center. Her, her injuries were initially uh, termed as serious. All right. So on the other end of the investigation, they were able to identify the driver as Ruth Hoyt, age 64, of Dixon Run Road, Jackson. Now, if that name rings just a little bit of a bell, Ruth Hoyt was the Oak Hill Union local school bus driver who um, was involved in a minor mishap driving her school bus uh, just very recently, just a week or so ago, where the bus drove off the road. Uh, she didn't have any, any children or students on the bus at the time, but when she was turning a corner, uh, her bus went off the road into a ditch, and the patrol reported on that. We reported on that as well. Um, she was cited with failure to control as a result of that accident, even though nobody was hurt and the bus didn't suffer, didn't incur serious damage. But yeah. this was the same person, according to police, who was involved in this uh, hit-and-run pedestrian wreck. This seems um, weird. Uh, she was not injured in the bus accident either. Um, that uh, accident uh, with the pedestrian remains under investigation. I'm sure, you know, some charges are pending I on that. But so. as of when we checked yesterday, there had been uh, no charges uh, filed yet. But, uh, you know, the driver has been identified and uh, okay. I know has at least been brought into custody. Well, for I knew there was something, you know, it was literally right outside the, the parking lot here, and um, the police were there for such a long time. I figured there was something right and out I, of the I, ordinary. I, I think you know, that, it wasn't I, I think normal that, traffic stop or something like that. I think a couple folks even from our news department had noticed, uh, but, you know, there was no other vehicle parked there, and they thought— they, Well, that explains their, their, why. Their initial thought was, you know, we had a medical situation, you know, Correct. woman that passed out for whatever reason. But Correct. what had happened was she had actually been hit by this hit and run Jeep. So, wow. So, you know, we, there may be uh, there are more news coming out on that, of course, as the investigation so. continues. Yeah. But that was one of the stories that we have worked on. This story was in the paper last week, but uh, we haven't mentioned it yet on TV. Um, but uh, this involves um, uh, some alleged corruption, I guess uh, now we can say confirmed corruption in Vinton County with Vinton Township, former Vinton Township fiscal officer, Cy Vierste. Mm -hmm. uh, Cy Vierste, uh, that was his proper name. He legally had his, change, his name changed to just Cy several years ago. And uh, when he was the Vinton Township fiscal officer, uh, for a number of years, um, back in back in two thousand uh, back in two thousand twenty, July nine two thousand twenty, uh, Benton County Auditor Cindy Wall was informed of insufficient funds in the township's account. She found questionable charges to the township's debit and credit card debit and credit cards. This launched an investigation that involved the state auditor's office. Mm -hmm. As a result, Cy Vierste was uh, charged with 13 felony counts. Mm -hmm. The new development there, because this, this, inc this incident, this situation has been spread out over years, um, the latest development is that uh, last week, Cy uh, pled guilty to six of the 13 charges against him. Um, the, the, among the charges that were filed against him were... Uh, Engaging in a pattern of corrupt activity, that is a first-degree felony. That's as high as it gets. 
theft in office, telecommunications fraud, and theft. He entered guilty pleas to six of the total of 13 counts. Uh, an audit and investigation determined that between January 2016 and July 2020, uh, Cy used the township debit and credit cards and issued checks on the township bank account for expenditures for his personal benefit, renovations to his residence, and a nonprofit wildlife refuge, which he is, was locally known for, known mm -hmm. as the Union Ridge Wildlife Center. Also uncovered was evidence that Cy created and uttered numerous false records, including invoices, billing slips, and other purchase and payment documents, along with falsifying copies of township trustee minutes in an effort to disguise what he had done. These false and fictitious records were provided by Cy as supporting documentation for certain question expenditures. They figured it all out. They determined in an audit that the township, due to this theft, had lost are you ready for this? $287,565.11. This is a small, lightly populated township in Vinton County, Vinton Township in the Wilkesville area. Wow. Right. During a hearing in Vinton County Common Pleas Court, he withdrew his former pleas of not guilty to six of those charges, and the court did accept his guilty plea. Um, I'm not sure. I presume that the legal proceeding will continue on the other charges unless you know, somehow they get dismissed. This was not a plea bargain. This was just oh, him. Oh, it's not. Not according to the information okay. we have. It was just him pleading guilty to six of the 13 charges. Uh, a pre-sentence investigation has been ordered. Mm -hmm. Sentencing is expected to take place sometime in 2023. Uh, as far as possible... Uh, possible punishment for what he has pled guilty to, a maximum prison term of 20 years as possible, a fine of $60,500, and restitution, I presume because of interest and other things, mm -hmm. could be as much as $330,000. Mm -hmm. He is also never allowed to hold public office or position of public trust again. So that is a major story, a kind of a white collar thing out of yeah. uh, Vinton County. We've reported on that before and uh, you know the wheels of justice grind very slowly all the discovery that has to take place sure. and so forth uh, complicated crime but uh, this was the big latest development especially there. when there's a lot of numbers to crunch things like that it takes a while right it yeah. does and uh, interesting that uh, you know the the complaint uh, came before the auditor Cindy wall uh, in uh, the Vinton County or the Vinton County Auditor Cindy Wall in 2020, and this alleged activity took place as long as four years before mm -hmm. it was caught. Yeah. All right. Uh, so another incident in Jackson that uh, got a little of attention over the weekend was a crash involving a pickup truck driver. Uh, this occurred uh, Saturday evening, just before seven o'clock, and uh, it caused a little of attention in the city of Jackson because a pickup truck that it had been driven on State Route 32, mm -hmm. heading west, uh, went off the roadway uh, there, on kind of back of where Redonda Drive is. Mm -hmm. And the truck went off the road, went up a steep embankment, through a tree line, through a fence line, and ended up on state property just outside the Redonda Drive subdivision, just just yards AKA away. A.K.A. Courtney's yard. Yes, just yards <laughs> away from a, from a backyard yes. there on Redonda Drive. <laughs> 
Of course, it caused a lot of stir among the neighbors sure. there. I can um, see why. A rando heavy, vehicle just he shows up heavy in your backyard. Front end damage to that um, pickup truck. And um, as a result, mm -hmm. um, the lady, uh, the driver involved in there uh, was 63-year-old Janet Robinson of South Webster. Mm -hmm. If you saw the pickup truck, the damage on the pickup truck. And it we, was bad. Yeah, oh, here, there it there is. There it is right there. Yeah, it We've actually really got that uh, story online. We had it online this weekend. You can see that one of the tires came off. The truck at one point was overturned. Uh, you can see the heavy front end damage there. You would guess uh, some serious injuries there. For sure. Well, as it turned out, she was able to, to get out of the truck. They thought that, uh, you know, she was okay. She complained of injuries. They took her to, uh, EMS took her to Holzer Medical Center. Jackson, she was initially released. However, follow-up information, we learned that now she is in the hospital in Columbus at the uh, Wexner Medical Center okay. in Columbus, recovering uh, with some substantial injuries. Gotcha. So um, she told the highway patrol, you know, this was a one-vehicle wreck. There wasn't like a deer involved or uh, a failure to control as far as, you know, just not paying attention or falling asleep. Yeah. Uh, what she told officers or troopers at the scene was that she just, all she remembers is blacking out. And the next thing, you know, she wakes up or she comes to, sure. you know, in, in the truck uh, near the, near this Redondo drive property wow. in Jackson. So uh, she was charged with failure to control, you know, no matter what the cause is, she wasn't able to control right. her vehicle. So she was charged there at the time the patrol considered it next to a non-injury or minor injury uh, incident. But since then, we have received uh, uh, electronic communication from at least two family members that she was actually seriously hurt, oh, as it turned out, and is in the hospital in Columbus, or at least was uh, on our last information we, that we knew about on uh, Monday. That story also, also, Jennifer, is online and will be uh, in our Wednesday print edition. Okay, this is another one from the criminal justice front, and it's a county away, but I think it's interesting enough to mention mm -hmm. to you. This involves two law enforcement officers in Pike County. Okay. All right. Um, two men who work for the Vinton, or the, not the Vinton, the Pike County Sheriff's Office. They are Jeremy Mooney, age 47, he's from Piketon, and William Stansberry Jr., age 46, from Chillicothe, both employees of the, uh, of the Pike County Sheriff's Office. They uh, have been indicted and charged uh, in federal court for um, their mishandling uh, and their use of force involving a criminal defendant. According to the indictment, which was in federal court, Mooney reportedly used pepper spray and struck the victim while the victim was being restrained and was not posing a threat. The indictment charges that Mooney's conduct involves the use of a dangerous weapon resulting in bodily injury to the defendant. Oh my. Stansberry is not accused of uh, committing any violence, but he's the supervisor and he was there and he let it happen. And he is also being held accountable for uh, what happened to this criminal defendant. He was aware that Mooney, who was under his um, direction, was using unreasonable force and did not intervene, even though he had the opportunity to do so. If convicted, these two deputies, maybe former deputies now, uh, or I'm sure, you know, obviously off work right now, right. face a maximum of 10 years imprisonment. 
Each so one, each each man, man. could face oh, wow. ten years imprisonment, and this was investigated uh, through the United States Attorney's Office through the Southern District Court of Ohio. Um, they do remind that it's at an indictment stage only. Mm -hmm. These men have not been convicted yet, but right. these are the serious crimes which they are accused of. Yikes! You know, a behind-the-scenes thing. It does not. The story did not say how this information came to light, because you know a lot of times law enforcement officers are dealing with criminals uh, or alleged criminals or mm -hmm. uh, suspects behind the scenes questioning and all like that. But once again, that involves two Pike County deputies. Man. All right. Jennifer, I know that we've had some great weather in October, sunny and all like that. Um, Blessing and a curse, right? Well, it, it is because of the dry conditions that mm -hmm. have resulted. All those leaves on the ground, highly combustible situation if the wind Big is blowing. Yeah. And what are people doing out on their property before it gets cold? They're trying to clean their property up, and that usually involves some burning. And I think some people know better. Some people may be ignorant. There is no open burning in the state of Ohio on certain months. October is one of them mm -hmm. because of the threat of wildfires, brush fires. One, yes. And uh, there have been a number of them. I know, you know, that came out last week, uh, you know, in the Jackson area. I think that was probably reported here on TV, and it I was. know it was on the paper. Yep. Well, there was another big fire this last weekend in the Oak Hill area. Um, it, was, oh, uh, man. it was at 2.30 p.m. last Friday on Swan Airport Road. And this was uh, responded to by the Madison Jefferson Fire Department with some help from the Bloomfield Fire Department. Okay. And it involves about, about nearly 10 acres of property. Uh, a man, a property owner, was uh, burning debris in a fire pit. And it, you know, jumped it, the... Man, it happens so fast. It, it jumped the fire pit. And uh, you'd have to go with a firefighter or maybe even participate to know how hard it is to fight these brush yes. and wood fires. Because, you know, the wind's blowing. Uh, it's hard to keep up with One it. One leaf that's on fire goes this way right, and you, falls you, you, over you, here. Right. And you, so you can imagine... You can imagine what this is like trying to fight that oh, trying to fight that fire in that fire gear and all like that. Uh, I talked with uh, Captain Daniel Parker of the Madison Jefferson Fire Department over the weekend. He feels that the quick response of the fire department and what they did—they certainly fought these brush fires before. They're used to it. They were able to get it before it went into a swampy area with uh, lots of thickets where they just wouldn't have been able to follow it very well. They would have had to uh, go out and. Uh, basically surrounded from another direction to keep it from going too far. Sure. No property damage, no man-made structures uh, were threatened uh, with where this was and the way the wind was blowing. But um, Parker told me that if it would have got into this swampy area, uh, even though it's a swamp, you know, there's still, you know, a, a lot of dry mm -hmm. uh, dryness in there. Um, he said that it probably could have burned 100 acres and they would have been involved for hours and hours trying wow. to put it out before it got into a dangerous place, threatening homes and, and, and other, other structures. So, um, you know, there's a lesson involved in here. We will say it again. Open burning uh, from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. is prohibited in the state of Ohio. You could be cited. It is against the law. Don't do it, and, especially right now. And if you are looking at your watch, oh, it's 6 o'clock. Yes, you can do open burning then, but you, your fire has to be contained and covered. You just, it just can't be open. You just can't have a barrel where, you know, smoke and ashes and whatever can come out. You've got to have 
that fire covered. Mm -hmm. I would think it would be better not to have any fire at all. Myself. Don't have any fire at all right now until we get some rain. Um, it's just good practice right. to and not do that. Um, and, and then if you do have a garden hose there, like quick, quick story, I was driving down the road with Porterhouse the other day and we saw the biggest cloud of smoke you've ever seen in your life. And he had to be nosy. He's like, oh, something's going on down there. We're going to go see this. <laughs> this guy had the tiniest little pile of leaves that he was b burning. And the amount of smoke that that was creating looked like the house was on fire. Which he shouldn't crazy. have been doing, he right? Yeah, oh, yeah. He absolutely, absolutely should, should not, not be doing, doing that. that. Yeah. Right. And, it you know, crazy. it might be just not people, you know, doing wood debris or whatever. People may want to burn their leaves. That just isn't what you need to do. Don't, even don't. even Even if you're out in the country and you think, well, I'm going to watch it and all. It can really get away from you. Now, we did have a little bit of rain over the weekend. That was helpful. But, of course, it does dry up very quickly. The leaves are still falling. We have not had enough rain to make a difference no, we, we, for that. We look at the yeah. forecast and we smile. Oh, it's going to be mild and we're not, we don't see much rain in the forecast, but yeah. that is once again a danger signal for the threat of more brush fires slash yeah. wildfires. Just don't. There's no leaf leaf burning in the world that's worth burning down half the countryside or you know someone's home or barn or whatever. Right. Like, it's not that important. Yeah, you need, need let to, the leaves lay. They're good um, for the ground anyway. Right for compost and so forth. Yes. Okay, well, uh, well, we'll turn to something more positive now, all okay. right? Okay, we like positive. Okay, Jackson will be getting, uh, probably sometime in 2023, it'll be done, a new Mexican restaurant. Mm -hmm. It is Casa Grande. Mm -hmm. And if you've driven along East Main Street there uh, in front of where the old Meridian plant used to be and just to the west of the McCarty Crossing Shopping Center... Uh, that excavation taking place is going to be the site of the new Casa Grande restaurant. Mm -hmm. And speaking of a formal groundbreaking, it is going to occur today okay. at 11 o'clock. And, you know, the total media news team will be there to cover it, uh, you know, with photos, video, news coverage, etc. Okay. Uh, everybody always gets excited about a new restaurant. Mm -hmm. We posted that um you know, on the website and on uh, on Facebook and Twitter and whatever, it's just exploded. People are very excited about an, another place that they can eat. Yeah. And uh, just a little bit about the project, uh, you know, we'll probably tell you more later in the week after the groundbreaking. But uh, the owners are Juan Francisco and Carlos Ortiz, and they are not new to the restaurant business. They're not from Jackson, but they feel there's an opportunity here. They own Casa Grande Mexican restaurants that are already in South Point and New Boston. So there may be some people who have tried that. They are also the owners of the Tuscany Italian restaurant in Galpolis, mm -hmm. which I know some people here in Jackson and Benton counties have probably tried out. Mm -hmm. um, and so they also have uh, the El Colonial Mexican restaurant, which is a different brand of Mexican restaurant. That's in Ashland. They also have Fratelli's Italian restaurant in Barbersville, West Virginia. So they are certainly experienced hands at restaurant. Mm -hmm. And uh, the groundbreaking, once again, is at 11 o'clock today. We'll have, we'll have coverage from that. Our own company, um, Stockmeister Construction Services, uh, will be doing the, uh, the construction work on that. They're already obviously started on that, on the excavation. Uh, but uh, they will offer, obviously, Mexican food, uh, Desserts made from scratch and also delicious margaritas and other alcoholic beverage options. So they will obviously have a 
liquor license of two. It will be 5,200 square feet, uh, and uh, they expect to be open for business in approximately eight months. So look at the calendar. That's about May, June, somewhere mm -hmm. next year. That, of course, you know, a lot of variables in there, usually the weather. Weather. Usually yep. the weather. So um, we will see uh, We will see what happens there. Another groundbreaking that's going to occur, uh, we'll tell you a lot more about that after it happens. We'll be covering that. Uh, Buckeye Community Services, which is located here in Jackson, okay. is going to build a new group home for yeah. uh, the for the uh, the last time I knew there were eight females that were in mm -hmm. the current group home on South Street, just across the street from Cardo's there. Mm -hmm. I believe it's 6 West South Street. Uh, that house, uh, of course, is uh, multi multi-story. The new group mm -hmm. home will be one floor, will be much more modern, will work much better. It is going to be located on Pearl Street behind the PNC Bank. Yes. If you can visualize where that is, uh, that groundbreaking will be uh, tomorrow at noon. Okay. And we'll be reporting on that. Uh, BCS, um, uh, we'll learn then on what the construction schedule is on there. But they're, and I don't, haven't seen any dirt flying there yet, but they are going to have a formal groundbreaking uh, tomorrow. And we'll be covering that as well. All right. We really haven't thought too much about COVID-19 lately at all, but it's kind of reared its head, at least in, yeah. in one isolated way. We received information from the Oak Hill Public Library yesterday that the library will be closed through the remainder of the week, hopes to reopen on Monday, November 7th, because four, four of the staff members oh my. have COVID-19. Wow. So once again, the library uh, there on Front Street in Oak Hill closed until November, until November 7th due to COVID-19 cases on the staff. I know that they were closed one time earlier. Uh, when the COVID-19 cases were a little bit more prevalent. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, our own Jeremiah Shaver was busy last night uh, participating in and covering the Red oh. Ribbon Week rally. Okay. <laughs> well, there he is. And, of course, he's... That, he looks like a reporter. That, well, yeah, that's the costume that he had, <laughs> the old 50s-style reporter with the suspenders and the hat. And there is a press card in that hat, too, that you might yes. not be able to see. But it's right there in that fedora. Uh, anyway, the Red Ribbon Week, uh, it went all last week, and their big uh, climaxing event was the Red Ribbon Rally. That involved a uh, walking parade from the courthouse to Manpower Park. You can see uh, some photos uh, from uh, that event. Nice which police was escort yesterday there. Yesterday evening, That's right? That's good. Sheriff's office leading the way. You can see a good many participants. Love that. They uh, posed for a photo there on the courthouse steps. Then uh, went to Manpower Park, and there were some activities there. There was uh, information, resources, a little bit of a program there. And, of course, Red Ribbon Week, uh, in case, uh, you know, it doesn't ring any bells with you, it, was to, it is to create awareness of the negative impact of addiction, to advocate those for those who are addicted, and to provide information about resources that are available in the community. Okay, good. And, uh, you know... Uh, I mean, I wish it were different, but, you know, drug abuse, drug addiction, drug overdose, drug overdose deaths yep. continue to be a scourge. They do. Not only here, but in many places, Everywhere. if not all places. Yep. Exactly. So we will have uh, coverage of Red Ribbon Week um, in one of our next few editions. Okay. That's great. All right. Uh, I want to give props to uh, our man, Alex Shope, uh, our excellent editorial assistant. 
who uh, is at the helm of uh, processing a lot of the information that comes through. He does a lot of work uh, on the website uh, and with uh, our copy management, which there's a lot of here, even at our small paper. And uh, he is versatile and talented enough. I can send him out on about any story as a reporter, too. And last week, he covered uh, a, a visit by Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose to Jackson County. I think yeah. he stopped here, didn't he? He stopped here, yeah. Okay. He sure did. All right. Well, uh, Talked about election stuff. Right. His main visit, besides coming here, was to Montgomery Machine Shop and Fabrication, just down the road from us on Watts Blevins Road. And there you see Secretary LaRose holding an oversized wrench <laughs> there on the left. And in the picture with him uh, is Carrie Montgomery, the uh, owner-operator of Montgomery's Machine Shop. And there's Jackson Mayor Randy Evans as well. And uh, Carrie Montgomery, a lot of folks don't know this because it's not a government thing. He has been such an innovator mm-hmm. and successful entrepreneur with that machine shop out there. Really on the no pun intended, on the cutting edge yes. of a lot of the things in uh, machine shop fabrication. They have done some stuff for us at the brewery that I can't even explain how talented they are. I mean, just unbelievable stuff. Right, and you won't meet a nicer man no. than Kerry, a yeah. nicer, unassuming, modest yes. man than Kerry Montgomery. But Kerry, um, uh, Kerry uh, was in the spotlight, uh, justifiably so, because uh, Secretary LaRose has really traveled all over the state this past month. October is, was Manufacturing Month, and he wanted to highlight some of the local stories, uh, success stories in manufacturing. That's and great. in addition to uh, the visit to uh, Montgomery Machine Shop and Fabrication, he also visited uh, the Phoenix Quality Manufacturing out on Beaver Pike, where you know they make the masks. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, that was a week ago Monday, and we, we have Alex's excellent story going in our Wednesday print edition. He worked very hard on it, getting some background information. What's the story on this flag, Pete? The story on the flag, that flag was presented uh, to Kerry uh, Montgomery. Of course, he has the big oversized yeah, flag they always that, have that everybody sees. I'm not there, sure yeah. whether that flag is as big as that. But that flag, um, if I recall correctly, uh, let me see if I can make sure I'm right on this. That flag was presented to a junior high school in West Virginia and had once flown over the famous USS Arizona, oh. uh, the memorial in Hawaii. Wow. And this was presented to Carrie Montgomery because uh, one thing that Carrie has always promoted is patriotism yep. through that big flag. Mm-hmm. I think he made the flag pole, of course. And uh, that flag gets borrowed uh, by some community organizations when they have some events where they want to show the patriotism and their big flag there. So that's pretty special having a flag of, that was over it, the that flew over the USS Arizona. Yes, that's really neat. All right, okay. The 2022 general election is next Tuesday. Yeah, come it on, is, guys, get it, out and vote. It is getting ever closer. Remember, the early voting period uh, continues at all 88 boards of elections in the state, including the offices in Jackson County. Remember, it's at 25 East South Street in the rear of the Job and Family Services building. Mm-hmm. New location, uh, new new quotes. It's been two or three years, but you know it's hard to get used to because it's in a new place. Also, the Vinton County Board of Elections, which is in the Vinton County Community Building, has been for some time on the north edge of MacArthur. Uh, that's where you go to do early voting. They have extended hours this week, Jennifer. Um, uh, Monday through Friday on the weekdays this 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 week, 
the elections office is open for early voting until 7 p.m. All right. Oh, wow. Starts, okay. Opens at 8 a.m. each morning uh, and closes not till 7 p.m. Normally it would be 4 or 4.30. Then on this Saturday, you can even go in and vote from 8 to 4 and on Sunday from 1 to 5. So okay. you can even you go in this weekend during those hours correctly so you have no excuse not to vote. The yep. final day to vote early will be on Monday, the day before the election. You can do that from 8 a.m. until 2 the election itself, same-day election, is on November the 8th. Polls open, as always, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. We're going to have a lot of information uh, about the local angles on the election in our Saturday edition, and maybe even some in our Wednesday edition. All of that has not been completed yet, but mm -hmm. certainly in our Saturday edition, we'll have a bunch of wrap-up information about the election. Do you just need your... Um I'm, I don't know why I'm having trouble remembering this. Do you just need your ID, like your you, you do photo have to, ID? To, you do. You will always uh, be asked through your ID. Most people, you know, if they have a driver's license, it's that. But and that's and, all you need, right? Right. That, okay. that that that's all you need, and they will check. You know, uh, and then you then you have to sign sign the poll mm -hmm. book, and they'll compare signatures and all like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's it's easy easy it's very easy to vote and quick. Yep. And they if have, you need help, they'll help you. They have so many hours that, you know, if you're thinking, oh, I'll just go to the polls on Election Day, you're much less likely to stand in a line on the early voting. Yep. You can also vote absentee as well, uh, get an absentee ballot and turn it in, you know, uh, no later sure. than 7.30 p.m. on uh, Election Night. Yep. So that's easy to do, too. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, politics and the general election, uh, Lisa Parker, who is the chairman of the Jackson County Democratic Party, mm -hmm. announced yesterday, or that's when I received the announcement anyway, that uh, three Democratic candidates for the Ohio Supreme Court will be in Jackson on Friday for a meet and greet event. Okay. That will be at La Rosa's Pizzeria from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. This is just not for party folks. This is for anybody who wants to meet and greet three women who would like to be elected to the state's highest court. Hmm. They are Jennifer Bruner. Former Ohio Secretary of State, okay, if you remember, I remember her name. that name. Yeah, right. She is currently already a justice on the Ohio Supreme Court, but she is running for chief justice in this election. Okay. Uh, Marilyn O'Connor, uh, the Republican who currently is in that seat, is retiring. She has to because of the age limits. Uh, you're not allowed to run after you're 70 as a judge in the state of well, Ohio. Well, that's ridiculous, but anyway. Well, anyway, that, they, they, they're doing that. Just they, saying. They, they don't do that for president, do they? No. All right. But anyway, um, uh, what's going to happen is uh, those three ladies, the other two candidates uh, who are also running through justice positions are Marilyn Zayas and Terry Jamison. So, uh, you know, if you uh, want to meet firsthand these candidates, you can do it. They're all involved in contested races with Republican candidates. Um, and so, once again, they, they will be on your local ballots and throughout the state on November the 8th. Okay. All right. Um, a couple of other things we want to talk about. Talk with Nancy Bays, and she is the director of the Jackson Food Program, food program which everybody still calls the Jackson Food Pantry. Right, exactly. Uh, down there at 323 Broadway Street. Well, they're going to do the community Thanksgiving dinner, but, you know, once again, it's not going to be that sit-down dinner that we got used to for so many years that was held at the okay. old high school and now the new high school. You know, COVID-19 changed things. Sure. Uh, the number of volunteers is a factor. 
The availability of Jackson High School is a factor as well because it's a big event, draws a big crowd. Lots of people. They are going to do, uh, once again, this is the third, it's the second, if not the third year that they've had to do it this way. It's going to be a takeout community Thanksgiving dinner okay. where it's, uh, you know, the turkey's frozen and everything, but you have everything you need for a uh, heat up full course Thanksgiving dinner. But you've got to order it, and there's only 200 of them as of right now. Okay. So uh, she started to accept orders on Monday. And so, you know, if you would like to do that, you know, there's no income guidelines. It is supposed to be Jackson County residents. Um, you, can, you, can, you can sign up for that by simply calling or dropping by uh, the, the, the food program office. Uh, the uh, pickup meal uh, will include a frozen turkey. All the turkeys have been donated by Belicio Foods. Grant money and donations make this project possible. That's awesome. It, it will have all the components of a sit-down style uh, Thanksgiving dinner. And this is a long tradition in Jackson, and mm -hmm. this is the best that we can do now. But, you know, you will get the food, and that's the main thing. Uh, they will be reserved on a first-come, first-served basis. So she wanted to get the news out there because she was already getting requests about it before she was ready to announce it. So she wanted to have our help in announcing it. But... What you need to do is either come by or call the Jackson Food Program office when it's open, which is Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's not open every day of the week. You can call, listen to this number, 740-286-5937. Sorry, sorry. Bless you. Thank you. 740-286-5937 during the regular operating hours, which are 10 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. So you have a limited window in there when to call because that's the regular hours for, okay. the, for the food program. Secondly, uh, first come, first serve. If they uh, get 200 orders, you know, unless somehow they get more food, uh, that's going to be it. The deadline to order is Wednesday, November the 16th if somehow they're not all taken by then. Because okay. by then, you know, they'll have to have, uh, you know, have to be prepared for the distribution. Next thing, the distribution. There's okay. only one time when you can pick up the food. So uh, keep your ears open. Monday, November the 21st, that's the Monday before Thanksgiving, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Family Life Center in Jackson. They will have a, a, a box or whatever mm -hmm. that will have the turkey and all the other food in it. There will be not only the food for a full Thanksgiving meal family style, you know, enough for right. a family, but they will also have additional food items in the box too i'm told that would be more oh, than great. you would need for thanksgiving okay. so it's all you need to do is call and order it then when you come to pick it up they will want to see an id to make sure that you're really the person who ordered it in the first place right. uh, she is appreciative of all the grant money and donations which have been provided to make this project possible once again she appreciates Belicio foods especially for the 200 turkeys because if you're going to have a Thanksgiving dinner, you got to have a turkey, yes. even if it costs more money this year. All right. So yep. an, another nice event that occurred up in Vinton County, it's a statewide thing, but it happens in Vinton County. And really a local regional committee kind of got this going. And that is uh, the Buckeye Hero Hunt, which is an archery hunt uh, uh, for whitetail deer, a special uh, time yeah. over the weekend uh, where um, you can sign up from all over the state, but the two criteria are you're a veteran and you're disabled. Be they, they give you special help and conveyances so you can get out in the woods in the Zaleski State Forest yep. and have a chance a big deal. To, to get a deer with uh, archery. And 
This, of course, is a great service to the veterans. You can see the number of people that were involved there. I think that group involves not only the hunters who were chosen to participate, but also the sponsors and organizers who were involved. But all that took place uh, in the Zalaski State Forest. I, I know that uh, Jackson County Commissioner Paul Howler was one of the uh, organizers of this. It's been going on several years now. And uh, there were other people locally who helped make that happen in uh, cooperation with the state, the High Department mm -hmm. of Resources, and Zaleski State Forest. So a uh, wonderful event that, uh, that they held once again there as well. <clears throat> of course, October was Fire Prevention Month, and a lot of the fire departments did uh, educational uh, programs in the schools. Yeah. I think we showed a picture of uh, what Madison Jefferson did earlier in the month. Well, the Jackson Fire Department and the Liberty Township Fire Department paid a visit to the elementary schools mm -hmm. in Jackson last week. And uh, last Friday, this is a picture from their visit to Northview Elementary School. And from left to right, you see uh, the firefighters standing up. They are uh, Brittany Reed, who is a first lieutenant for the Liberty Township Fire Department, Ryan Hill, who is a Liberty Township firefighter, Jackson Fire Chief David Channel, who seems to be everywhere doing good things in addition to fighting fires. And he's got a full-time business too, might I add. And Liberty Township Fire Chief Randy Baker there is on the far right. The reason that Ryan Hill dressed up like that, they wanted the kids to see, uh, if they haven't seen before, maybe they haven't, what firefighter equipment and gear look like. So that, That's you know, cool. if they're ever around it, they won't be scared because, you know, it is a little imposing there, that outfit yeah. with the helmet and all the gear and like that. But uh, they did these educational programs. They had the fire truck there and everything. They did this at all the elementary schools in Jackson, as well as CLA next week. And once Love again, that. that's firefighters donating their time to help the kids. They gave them fire prevention uh, safety tips, as well as providing education about uh, fire okay. about fire safety and things that they can do. I'll bet they got to look at the truck, too. They, they did get to look cool. at the truck. I'll so. go look at the truck. All right. Well, last weekend, as you know, was Halloween and one of the big events. And this was in uh, this will be in our Wednesday paper. Mm -hmm. We already got this online, too, as well, is uh, the Wellston Lions Club's Halloween Parade and Costume Contest. So cute. This goes back. I didn't realize. I knew it went back a while, but you know that 67 years. Yeah, that's crazy. And, you know, of course, the retired John Pelletier was MC in it <laughs> as if he, you know, stays home. In you the, know, like he in sits the, around and eats bonbons the, the all day long. Right. Sure. And these are some, these are two of the Look photos. We, we have more than that that, will, that are online and that will be printed in the paper. But those are two of the, of the photos. One is the Judge's Choice Kids, and the other are the scariest. That so picture, that's first place scariest in the background with the uh, baseball cap on, right? Okay. No, no. John, don't say that about <laughs> that's, Poor that, John. That, that's John Pelletier masquerading as a community servant. All right. All right. But uh, those kids, since we have that picture up there, they're the scariest. So I figured that was a good representative shot. From okay. the from the left, they are Love Hayden that. Steele, first place, Luke Wilbur, second place, Kobe Hudson, third place, and Matt Madison We or Madden Weiss, uh, fourth place. And you gotta admit, scary. Yep. They're a little scary. But we'll scary. have complete coverage of that, you know, online and in the print edition as well. Mm -hmm. um, we also want to give props to the uh, Oak Hill Festival of Flags because they had a big Halloween shindig dance on Friday evening. We'll have something on that a little bit later in coverage. And they also uh, uh, organized the Parade of Mask and Costume Contest uh, in conjunction with Trick or Treat last Sunday in Oak Hill. And, of course, how many churches 
organizations and whatever did trunk or treat events uh, here for the last couple of weeks. It's just amazing number. Yes. And of course, it was the last week for the haunted barn at the Jackson County Fairgrounds, which and, is huge. Right? They get they get such a great oh turnout for that. Uh, they charge fifteen dollars for that this year. I'm sure they put on a great show. And that is money that will help the fairgrounds. Jeremiah know. said it was really spooky. Right. Oh, yeah. I've been to it before, and it's, it, it, they, they, they scare you. They scare you in some of those, uh, some of those outfits they come up with. They, it, they do not disappoint. A couple of other events that occurred last week, I just want to acknowledge them. Uh, the Kiwanis Club had its spaghetti dinner uh, at, the, uh, at the Family Life Center. Here are four of the people who are on the front lines serving. Uh, you probably recognize them because they're all involved in the community. Uh, you've got Michael Perkins, Mike Gambino, Sue Jones, and Terry Turner uh, left to right there. But mm-hmm. they were just four of the Kiwanis uh, members who were working hard for their spaghetti dinner. They do so much with the youth, especially they with do. the scholarships yes. and other things. So uh, once again, that's the Jackson Area Kiwanis Club. Uh, also, the Jackson Rotary Club held its pancake dinner. Yes. Uh, and here are... Here are uh, four of the members of the, uh, no, well, yeah, from the left there, uh, working with the pancake dough is April Eifler. We know her. We've had her on TV before. Erin Dill Daly, who's smiling there in front. She is the current Rotary president, by the way, in addition to being the 4-H educator down in Gallia County, mm-hmm. former 4-H educator in Jackson County. Uh, then not facing the camera, but uh, there in the middle is Evan Cole. Then you have longtime Rotary Club Secretary Marshall Kimmel and his daughter, Melissa Kimmel. Cool. So, of course, the Rotary Club in Jackson donates their time, uh, buys all the materials and ingredients that they need to put on this pancake supper, uh, which involves pancakes, sausages, beverages, uh, and some other things as well. Yep. It, they only charge $5 for it, less for kids. Exactly. It's a great community event, really crowd, a big crowd at the Jackson Senior Citizen Center. Uh, auctioneer Pat Ball does an art auction afterwards, auctioning off art done by senior citizens mm-hmm. themselves. All the money goes to the senior citizens. Yep. Speaking of um, speaking of the senior citizens and pancake suppers, the Wellston Rotary Club will have its senior citizen pancake dinner, oh. very similar to what Jackson does. So you this can do Thursday. it again. You can do it again. Nice. And, and it will be at the Wellston Senior Citizen Center on New York Avenue this Thursday, once again, from 4.30 p.m. till 6.30 p.m. Tickets only $5 each. Pre-sale tickets are now available at the Senior Center and at Lockhart Insurance. I believe that's on Ohio Avenue in downtown Wilson. You can go also on the day of the event and get a ticket as well. Okay, Barbara Wasmer wants me to announce that the Scouting for Food project will be going on again starting this Saturday in both Jackson and Benton counties. Okay. This will involve some of the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts sure. and Cub Scouts uh, in the two counties. And what they will do is this weekend, Saturday, they will be leaving leave, leaving empty plastic food bags on porches and so forth. Yes. And the idea is, what they hope is, that the next Saturday when they come back to pick up the bag, the residents will fill them with you non-perishable with food items, cans <laughs> yes. and so forth, boxes of non-perishable stuff that they will then donate to the food pantries. This is a good turn that they do. It'll take place once again the next two Saturdays. They'll be leaving empty bags at residences on Saturday the 5th and then picking them up picking them up on Saturday the 12th. Donations can also be dropped off at the CVS in Oak Hill, at the Christ United Methodist Church in Jackson, at the Hope United Methodist Church in Wilson, at the, and then at the Renovate, Renovate Life Church in MacArthur. That information also online and 
will once again be in our paper on Wednesday. So try to help out the, the scouts and by yeah. extension, a lot of people in the county who have sure. food insecurity and need some help. And there's a lot. Just with the, with the very basics. Fire hydrant flushing is going on in Jackson. Uh, it started on, uh, it started last Wednesday. We'll continue for four weeks. So they started on the south end of town and we're working towards the north. But when they're in your neighborhood, you will probably notice discolored water. Just let it run for a little bit until it runs clear uh, as far as the drinking uh, and, mm -hmm. the, and the laundry use there. All right. The Hope United Methodist Church will be having a free turkey dinner this Wednesday. They always do uh, twice a month a community lunch or a community dinner. And, of course, it's November, so we got the turkey dinner. This will be an evening thing this Wednesday from 5 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. The church is located on First Street, New York Avenue. This is for the public. Anybody can come, get a takeout meal, or sit down and eat. It's just a nice community outreach thing that the church has done. Uh, they've always done it. They uh, had to cease it during COVID, but they started back up uh, earlier in the year. Okay. All right. Uh, don't forget to fall backward this weekend. This Finally. Is, this is Daylight Savings Time weekend. That's officially at 2 a.m. on Sunday. Makes it a little harder to get up when it's dark outside. Right, exactly. And and you want to uh, turn your clock back to uh, to 1. Instead, and you get an hour. Instead of springing forward, you're falling back, and yes. so you get an extra hour of sleep. Whoop, whoop. And you need to put in uh, 25 hours of effort that day. Yes. And But you'll lose that back in the spring, so you, you need to take advantage of it. Okay, we're getting near the end of our hour, so we've got to talk about the sports. We do. Uh, we had two teams in playoff action last Friday, one won and one lost, but it's certainly an honor to get to the playoffs no Absolutely. matter what. Uh, the Vinton County Vikings uh, made the long trip up to Columbus East. Here is a, a shot from uh, an action shot from one uh, from that game. Uh, Red Thompson Jr. made the long trip up there and <clears> took <throat> some photos and uh, – our own Brock Netter uh, wrote the story up, of course, online already. Here's another shot from uh, from that game as well. Uh, but East defeated Vinton County 34-14. It was a good game at halftime. East only led 12-7. to But East is a very talented city league team there. Vinton County had three turnovers in the second half, and that kind of doomed any chances they had to pull off an upset. East was the higher-seeded team, which means they were higher-ranked. You got to play the game, but they were favored to win, and they did 34 to 14. Meanwhile, down here in Jackson, the mm -hmm. Jackson Army men march forward. Uh, they are the second seed team, which there are 16 teams seeded, and they are number two. Only one team ranked ahead of them. This was, uh, I believe, uh, Cade Wolford scoring a touchdown. Uh, in that game. This was against Miami Trace. Mm -hmm. uh, I honestly expected a much closer game, but it turned out... Well, they it turned them out, up pretty good. It turned out 44-7. to seven. It was much wow. closer the first time these two teams played in the regular season. And that's, uh, that's a Kate again, I believe. He had a long run along the sideline, and there he is, avoiding a tackle right at the goal line, mm -hmm. uh, scoring the, another touchdown. The first photo was labeled Jacob Winters. Okay, that and was Jacob Winters. this one is Cade Wolford. Okay, I uh, didn't see the number, but I'm glad you pointed that out, James, okay. not only uh, for accuracy, but we should mention Jacob Winters because uh, he is an Ohio University recruit. Mm -hmm. He's on a scholarship. He's just not a walk-on over there. That's right. So you see how highly rated he is. That young man, uh, I can't confirm it yet, but I believe that he will establish new passing records career and single season at Jackson this year. And, and you got uh, the best stat man this side of the Mississippi, so right. you would know. Okay, well, I, I, from the numbers I know and what I've gathered and the fact that, you know, in the past teams usually ran, they didn't pass. This team can do both. 
uh, winners uh, played a big role in all of our victories, mm -hmm. and there he scored a touchdown. Uh, he scored the first touchdown of the game, actually, against Miami Trace to start nice. the ball rolling. But Jackson will continue uh, on the playoff uh, track, and they will be home. Uh, once again, that's a perk of being so highly seated. It is. They will be playing, though, a much higher-ranked team, the Granville Blue Aces. Mm -hmm. they, are out of, um, they are out of Licking County near Newark. Mm -hmm. That's where Denison University is. It is. And Jackson played Granville in 2018 mm -hmm. the playoffs, and Granville handed Jackson one of the worst defeats it's had oh, in recent no. history, 38-7. to Ouch. So uh, this well, year Jackson is rated above Granville, but Granville is very good again. They only lost two games all year. One of them is the, is the Columbus Bishop Watterson, which is one of the strong teams in our whole area. They were upset in another game, which can happen. Uh, but that game will be 7 p.m. this Friday. Of course, you know, be on the radio. We're going to have extensive. Uh, we're going to have a pregame article in our Wednesday paper that Brock Netter is working on, and of course, coverage of both playoff games from last Friday. Those uh, playoff game write-ups are already online. Can't uh, emphasize enough about going online to get the news even quicker sure. than what we can give it to you on the print edition. Right. And when you get a subscription to the print edition, it comes with the digital. So take advantage of it. Exactly. So, Sign uh, up. So once again, we'll be covering, of course, Friday night's uh, ball game. And one of the neat things about this uh, ball game on Friday night, Jennifer, is that um, – some community sponsors have stepped forward, including Stockmeister Construction Services here in our own building. Uh, they have uh, donated money so that students can, in the Jackson City School District, or at least some of them, can attend the game free. Okay. You know, that is a deterrent Great. when, because these playoff games cost more, you got to go online to get the ticket. Yeah. So, you know, it makes it a little bit harder for the income challenge students sure and the students that, you know, aren't computer savvy or whatever, their families aren't computer savvy. Mm -hmm. You need that good students uh, cheering section mm -hmm. there. And so any student, uh, high school, middle school, elementary school uh, can participate. And they've made this a win-win thing. Not only do the kids get in thanks to these community donors, including Stockmeister Construction Services, but the students, all they're asked to do is to donate one or two canned food or non-perishable food items. Go. And that will go to the food pantries. So, you know, they ought to be able to do that much. I think so. So, uh, you know, very exciting week here in Jackson. Uh, there were 16 teams in our region. Now there are eight. Uh, Jackson has never gone further than the regional final. They're not at the regional final yet. This is a quarterfinal. If they're fortunate enough to beat Granville, and it's kind of a toss-up, they would play another tough team the next week, and that would be on a neutral field. After oh. this week, they're all on a neutral field. Uh, the other two teams, by the way, in the bracket opposite Jackson and Granville are London and Columbus Bishop Watterson. Okay. And both of those teams Ooh. are excellent. Yes. So we'll see what happens there. But congratulations to the Vikings on their great season. Uh, that was the second straight year they reached the playoff. And next year, uh, Oak Hill and Wellston, uh, which both had losing seasons, but young teams with new coaches. We hope for much better things for them next year for the experience that they gained this year. Finally, we want to congratulate our cross-country teams who finished their season this last uh, Saturday. Okay. Uh, the teams that competed and individuals that competed last Saturday reached the regional. The next step would have been the state. None of them qualified for the state. That's hard to do. Yeah. But it's great to uh, get to the regional. The, the two teams that uh, participated in the regional that qualified were the Vinton County Boys and the Jackson Boys. Also, uh, individually, Nevaeh Newton, 
of the Vinton County girls qualified as an individual, and Walker Foble of the Oak Hill boys uh, qualified as an individual on the boys' side. So congratulations nice. to all of them, the teams and individuals on the cross-country side. Good job. So there we are. Lots of talent in our area. Absolutely. All right. Well, Pete, you can take a breath now. <laughs> you did real well, and uh, lots and lots of stuff going on in the news today. Um, so I'm sure there will be more later on in the week. We'll so be working on it. Yes, you will be. All right. Well, uh, looks like it's we're out of time, Pete. We made it. We made it. So thank you for spending your morning with us. We know you're always busy. And thank you, James, for pushing all the buttons. And we will be right back here tomorrow. We have a month uh, full of a lot of guests already. And uh, so we're looking forward to bringing you a lot of uh, fun news and, and community events coming up the month of November. So have a great day and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Bye.